from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Esquire Monday Night Sports Talk, the first of about seven months' worth of Mondays. Pretty much every Monday we'll be here now through basketball season with Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie. We have the phone lines open, 356-9397. Good crowd here tonight. If you folks have any questions and or comments throughout the store, uh, the uh, show, raise your hand, I'll get out to you and we'll we'll talk about whatever might be on your mind. Illinois football, 2-0 after that uh, win Saturday at UConn, 41-23. I took on Eastern Michigan coming up Saturday at 11 o'clock. The Nebraska game time has been set. Not that anybody's looking ahead yet to Nebraska, but we know what time that game will be. A night game on the 21st at 7 o'clock. What do you have to say or think about that uh, football victory over the weekend? Yeah, they, uh, it was inconsistent at times. Uh, you know, they struggled in, in the first quarter pretty mightily, falling behind uh, 13 to nothing. And then the, the offense really woke up in the second quarter. The defense started to make plays and uh, kind of turned into a game that you, you thought it was going to be. Uh, and then, you know, UConn just didn't go away, and Illinois couldn't put them away either until late. Uh, you know, that daily Harding interception really kind of sealed the win. But uh, important victory for the Illini, a much-needed one, the first road non-conference win since 2007 uh, when they won 40-20 to at Syracuse. So it's hard to believe it's been... 12 years since Illinois went on the road and, and won a non-conference game and not saying UConn is you know going to be a great football team this year but uh, Illinois took care of business and it, it wasn't the prettiest of wins but uh, you know it's better to be 2-0 going into Eastern Michigan than uh, at 1-1 one and, one and uh, still a lot of confidence still a lot of optimism and uh, you know that's rewarded too with the 7 p.m. kickoff against Nebraska uh, primetime game for the Illini and their Big Ten opener on September 21st at Memorial Stadium. Hopefully you heard uh, much of the game on the Fighting Illini Sports Network with uh, Connecticut jumping ahead. Scott Ritchie, uh, 13 to nothing in the game. You were there, as was I, and uh, we were stand, starting to wonder what might be going on. But maybe it was good in hindsight that they faced some adversity and uh, came out with a win. I'm not sure last year's team would have won that game. They probably wouldn't have, uh, just because... I don't know that that you know last year's team made a team year before that. I don't think they maybe knew how to win a game like that. And it's telling that the transfers, uh, Brandon Peters, Josh Amaterbebe, Wally Batiku, um, you know Teron Sidney, Milo Eiffler. I mean, all the guys that have been at bigger programs maybe have seen teams, not necessarily played, but you know seen teams, you know compete and win in those type of games were key uh, in that victory, especially you know, Batiku and Peters. I think the second quarter was one of the better, maybe best quarterback performances I've seen from an Illinois quarterback uh, in the last four years, perhaps. I mean, there's you know, some Westland had some games, 
but at least in the last couple, you know, they didn't have a quarterback that could do that. You know, didn't have one that could complete ten passes in a row, ten and a half, you know, lead four scoring drives that you know accounted for twenty four unanswered points. So um, Illinois made it an emphasis to hit the transfer market, and so far all of those guys, uh, Richie Pettibone, you know, included on the offensive line, have maybe helped turn the tide a little bit. Um, I will say, though, the, the stiffest test of non-conference is this week. Eastern Michigan is probably the best of those three teams. So doing it again uh, is going to be kind of the key thing. I mean, 2 and is great. It's fine. But uh, have to you know, keep winning games you're supposed to win. Eastern Michigan is 1-1 one and one on the season. They won their opener against Coastal Carolina. They lost last Saturday night at Kentucky on the road. Matter of fact, they're opening their season with three straight road games after they uh, come here. They lost to Kentucky 38-17. Bob Osmussen, who many times over the years has been at all football games that uh, the Illini played, right. haven't missed many, but you had a little bit of a different weekend yourself. You saw some football, some Big Ten football. I did. I scouted Iowa and Rutgers. And Iowa was really good defensively, awesome. Uh, Rutgers is horrible. So Illinois right now, walk that down, that's a win for Illinois. They're going to beat Rutgers badly. Rutgers can't play offensively or defensively, frankly. So, But they, Iowa – They can't play football? Not much. Okay. Iowa, on the other hand, is going to be pretty good. That game is late in the year at, at Iowa City. That'll be a tough test for Illinois. But I want to get back to UConn. That game, I wrote it last week, that was a must-win for Illinois. Maybe one of the most important games Lovey Smith coached here. And they won. They didn't win easily, which I, I thought they would. But they won, and that's all that really matters. And the other thing is UConn's horrible. They're, they're Rutgers bad. They so, are. So how's Illinois? Well, it doesn't matter. They had to win the game. I don't, if they won the game 2 to nothing, it would, that would have been fine. They had to win the game. It doesn't matter. They're, all their efforts should be on this week, which you guys are right. That game's going to be harder. And then it should be on the two weeks from now, which is going to be in harder tests. So that's what they have to do. They have to start 4-0 in my mind. We'll see what happens. We're off and rolling on Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. Coming up towards the bottom of the hour, the second half hour of the show, Athletic Director Josh Whitman will join us. So if you have any questions for the AD, he will be in the house. We'll take our first time out here on Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire, named the People's Choice Award for the best tavern in the area. Stop on by, all kinds of specials. You can watch games here as well. Stay with us. We're back with more on Monday Night Sports Talk from the Esquire after this. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. We're with you until shortly before 6 o'clock here this evening. Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. Athletic Director Josh Whitman will be here shortly. We've got the phone lines open, 356-9397. And let's go to the phones. And Neil in Bloomington is with us. What do you say, Neil? How you doing, Steve? I got Richie, and I want to ask him about Illinois basketball and what he thinks that they're going to do, and do you think they'll make the bowl? And I'll listen. Thanks for taking my call. You guys, you do do a great job, and thanks, thanks a lot. Have a good night. Bye bye. Thanks, Neil. Well, I mean, expectations are pretty high for Illinois basketball this season, uh, especially some you know, national media types think they're a top twenty-five team right now. Um, I'm not maybe on board quite yet with that, but uh, they. They should be better than 12 and 21, which was the record last year. I mean, it's, that's not a high bar to set, but um, on paper they have an NCAA tournament team, sure, uh, especially since the Big Ten is probably a little down. Um, every other team seems to have lost one, two, three, 
you know, really good players. Illinois brought everybody back, so that kind of that, that puts them ahead. Uh, now they just have to go out and actually win some games. Um, I think the schedule sets itself up you know, to do that early, and maybe you know they can build a little momentum into the Big Ten. And you know, I know one fellow Big Ten writer sees Illinois as the second best team in the conference. Um, I think they'll probably start in the top half, at least just based on the number of returning players. But again, it's a matter of going out and doing it and winning games you know, with you know, the expectation that they can. As far as the bowl question, we'll throw that to Bob Osmussen. What do you think uh, about that? It's awful early to project that. It's awful early. They must win Saturday again, beat Eastern Michigan, and then obviously Rutgers, and then find two more wins. So uh, I think I now feel like Minnesota is beatable. I feel like Nebraska is beatable. I feel like Purdue is beatable. So that's, that's three. Beyond that, it's tricky. Northwestern maybe because they obviously lost a tough game in their opener, and then Stanford got killed. So I think less of Northwestern now than I did a week ago. So I think you got to find two wins there. Uh, what Ron Zook did and what Ron Turner did was they won more than six. They went above and beyond that. I think that's what Illinois long-term has to do. Have an eight-win season, nine-win season, ten-win season. Kind of break out and tell people, hey, we're not just here to go to a bowl. We're here to win the Big Ten North, or West, used to be the North, and win the Big Ten West and compete against everybody. Well, 24-7 you know, Sports has done full bowl projections each of the first two weeks of the season and has Illinois in uh, the, what is it, the – Idaho famous potato bowl. Cool. Uh, so that'd be awesome. So they're in right now. All uh, right. That's, well, that, that's it. How about that? They're good. You know, Bob, you mentioned more than once here tonight that Rutgers is bad. They are bad. I understand that, but two years ago or so, they were bad, and they came here and put a whooping on Illinois right. in a game that everybody here had circled for a win. Uh, I agree, and I think they're at di different levels of where they are. I think Illinois is better now than they were two years ago. I think Rutgers is falling. I think they're not as good. Defensively, they're okay. They're not terrible. They gave up 30 points to Iowa. A lot of that was on uh, Iowa's pretty basic offensively. But I think Rutgers, they're fighting for the coach's job. I don't think they're doing a very good job with that. They won the opener against a bad, I think, FCS school, right? They beat, they beat uh, UMass, UMass, who, who lost, the, same thing. lost to Southern so, Illinois this past Saturday. So exactly. Saturday. So they're not very good. Rutgers, again, they're, it's not the same thing. I, I think Illinois is clearly better than last year and two years ago. No question. Lovey Smith met the media, as he always does on Monday. A couple of things he talked about uh, were the, was the injury situation. He hopes to have Reggie Corbin back. I think uh, they'd like to get Reggie some uh, – some carries. They, I, you know, if that game would have been a Big Ten game Saturday, he would have played, I think. But uh, they'd like to use him uh, a little bit, get him some carries as he tries to go two years in a row over 1,000 yards. It'll be an uphill battle now. Right. He have, needs some 200-yard games or 180-yard yeah. games, and that's not easy. But, again, I think the smarter thing on Saturday, if he's not 100%, don't play him. Uh, you're right, though. Big Ten game, he would have been on the field. Brandon Peters, Matt Daniels, two games, seven touchdown passes. Pretty impressive. He'd like to, he threw an eighth to the other team <laughs> that he'd like to have that one back, but uh, he came back well from that. Yeah, I think what the most impressive part of his performance on Saturday was the fact that he, he threw that pick six, you know, in the first 
three and a half minutes of the game and uh, kind of a huge jolt right away and he really recovered nicely from that and uh, he, he's got a strong arm and he's shown in his first two weeks he can maneuver outside the pocket and uh, he just needs to keep building upon that. And th these non-conference games are great for his confidence and also for the wide receivers too because they're adjusting to a new quarterback. You know, Josh Imatorbebe and uh, Ricky Smalling have really kind of shown out well and Daniel Barker at, at times too. Now what Illinois needs to do is, is avoid those excessive celebration penalties that hurt them. Uh, on Saturday at UConn. Uh, you can't have those happen. Uh, you can't have them happen this Saturday, especially once Big Ten play gets going because you're going to face more talented teams. But Brandon Peters, by all accounts, has, I would say, even exceeded expectations in his first two games. I mean, seven touchdown passes, only one interception. He's completing a high percentage of his passes, and he's showing really good grasp uh, of the Illinois offense. And you think back to this past Saturday, too, without Reggie Corbin, without Mike Epstein, the, the two top running backs for Illinois coming into this season, they were still able to generate enough offense, and a lot of that was because of Brandon Peters' uh, right arm. Defensively, Scott, the Illini gave up 275 yards through the air the other day, kind of a bend-but-don't-break defense, and they got the leader nationally in sacks and tackles for loss. Your thoughts on the defense through two games? Well, because of Wale Batiku, the defensive line uh, is much better than it was last year. And part of that is also you know, Jamal Woods being healthy um, and Jamal Milan being healthy in the middle of that defense. Um, but Batiku has been the star, clearly, um, with you know, his ability to get in the backfield and you know, sack the quarterback or you know, get a tackle for loss. Um, linebackers have been pretty good as well. And then, I mean, I think the question mark is still the secondary. It's thin at every position at this point. Um, yeah, especially safety. You know, Tony Adams was hurt in the UConn game. Not sure if he'll be back. Lovey Smith did say they you know, hoped Sidney Brown would be available uh, this Saturday against Eastern Michigan. He, I think, practiced two days, you know, the first two days of training camp, and then hurt his hamstring and has been out ever since. Um, so he would be you know, another piece that they could add back. But uh, I know they haven't given up um, really any big plays in the passing game or – you know, any touchdowns at all in the passing game, and you'll have a few interceptions, but better quarterbacks and better teams are going to be able to do more against Illinois' passing coverage, which is still uh, – there's holes in it you can exploit. And, you know, the whole idea is to not give up big plays, but, I mean, you, you know, teams can dink and dunk for touchdowns just as easily as they can throw it 60 yards. Let's squeeze in a phone call here before we take our break at the bottom of the hour. We're coming in loud and clear in Florida. Let's go to Mary. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, this is Mary and Gary from Florida. Uh, Long-time listeners used to go every Monday night. Uh, just wanted to say hi to everybody. We miss you, you all. Can come back anytime, and Mary. happy, yeah. <laughs> happy birthday to Betsy. Um, we miss you. Go Illini and long live the chief. Thank you, and that's it. <laughs> okay. Well, we appreciate you listening. Thanks for taking time to call. It is 529 WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Monday night sports talk at the Esquire. We'll take a time out and be back with more. Don't forget, folks, here, if you have any questions, comments, raise your hand. We'll get to you. Back with more in just a moment here on DWS. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the latest news and insights on the Illini, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Welcome back to the show, everybody, at the Esquire, downtown Champaign. We've got a good crowd here. Josh Whitman, the Illinois Athletic Director, will join us shortly. 
The new uh, AP poll came out uh, yesterday, Bob, and uh, you've been kind of high on Maryland here so far in the uh, first two weeks. Did you vote for them? I didn't. I put them. They're 26th. If Mike Lux is listening, hopefully he's working on the team for the next game. But I made it first in my Big Ten power poll, so I think that's more important. Well, it's not. But the AP so poll. So you, you made them first in your Big Ten power poll. Correct. They're not good enough to be in the AP top 25. No, they're 26. They're, okay. They'll be in there. They would beat Temple this week, there, and next week. Well, so. they're, they're actually 21st in the AP poll. I know. That's probably <laughs> a little overreaction because we don't know how good Syracuse is. I thought Syracuse going the end of the year had a chance to be really good, but maybe they're not Maybe they're, they're not up to snuff. Their first game, they played poorly, I think against Liberty, won 24 nothing, and they were not, not very dominant. So I think Syracuse, that may be – I mean, Maryland, Maryland's got great offense. Michael actually is going to be a really good coach. In fact, I said something crazy earlier today, something else crazy. That I think Michael Oxley, if, let's say he goes to Maryland and has four or five years of great success there, wins eight or nine games several times, or maybe even more than that. I think when Alabama looks for a replacement for Nick Saban, it might be him. How about that? That's my guess. Don't tell him that. You heard it here first. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I'm really, I've thought about this because I think Alabama, he's younger. Mike Loxley, I think, just turned 50 or about to turn 50. So he's younger. Nick Sibbing doesn't have much more time left as a coach. Not that he's going to pass away or anything. As a coach, he's not going to be here forever. But I think if he decides. Timing, after, timing is everything and everything. everything. In everything. Yeah. If he decides, decides after five years I'm done, then I think Mike Loxley, if he's doing great in Maryland, be easy choice because he's a great recruiter and knows that place. I'm not sure the show needs us, guys. Bob's kind of a one-man comedy act, isn't he? I, I'm serious about it's what this. it's like every day in the office. So. Stand-up comedian. Sure. It's only two weeks into the college football season, but Big Ten football trending up. We talked about Maryland Who's, a little bit. Of course. I think Ohio State's trending up and Wisconsin. Definitely. Trending down, I would go with Nebraska and Michigan. Yes. Michigan got really lucky. They should have lost Army. Was anybody in the world rooting against, rooting for Michigan, other than Michigan people? I would, my answer, I'm sure, is 100% no. You've got to root for Army is the U.S. They're us. You've got to root for Army. So Army really played well. Shocking how, how good that game was. I thought it would be a blowout. I thought Michigan would kill them. They just didn't because Army is that team. That was a tough spot for that young kicker, though, wasn't oh, it? My, well, that was his first kick in college football to win the game late. And uh, he, he got his foot into it pretty well, but it didn't quite go. You guys say something. Speaking of characters, James McCourt hitting that 53-yarder. Mm-hmm. Was that his first try in, in college? He missed against Akron. Okay. But, no, he uh, – I was there. I forgot. <laughs> anyway, that's pretty good to hit a 53-yarder. At the buzzer in their first half? Yeah, I mean, that yeah, was a huge, pretty cool. huge jolt of uh, momentum for Illinois going into halftime instead of leading 21-13. They're up 24-13, and those points were, were pretty crucial right. in, in kind of how the, the direction of the game went in the second half. Yeah, and as well as he kicked it, it was probably good from 60-plus. Right. He drilled that one. Talking Illinois football, anything else that might be on your mind here at the Esquire? Hello, Josh. Good. Josh Whitman is joining us here. Illinois Athletic Director, stopped to say, and rightly so, stopped to say hello to the family. Honestly, you probably haven't seen them much here lately, have you? Not as much as I'd like, no. No, it's, uh, it's, it's great to be back in town and uh, fun, to, fun to have a chance to be around them more often. You spent uh, some time on the East Coast, a few days, including the game Saturday. We had you on at halftime, and 
uh, I, I mentioned it at the time that uh, UConn kind of gave Illinois a 15-minute wake-up call there in the first quarter, didn't they? They did. I tell you, we, we gave them lots of opportunities in that first quarter, and they, they took full advantage. And so I, I was really proud of the way the guys fought back. And I think in prior years that, that game maybe wouldn't have come out the way that it did. But for us to, to get our backs put up against the wall and, and push back uh, the way that, that our guys were able to on Saturday, it really I thought was encouraging and showed, a, I thought, a lot of maturity and, and progress on their part. Josh, I know it's a young season so far, and there's 10 games left, but how would you just assess where the program is right now, two games into, into the 2019 season? Well, I, I hope the same way that most of you do. I, I, I see great progress. I'm excited about, uh, the, again, the maturity, the, the growth. I, I think we've seen a lot of development from, from this group already, uh, and, and I fully expect that to continue. I think the key for us is just to, to focus on getting better each and every week. We, we've got a schedule that allows us each week, I think, to see – uh, an improved opponent, and, and certainly uh, as we head back into Memorial Stadium this Saturday with uh, an improved Eastern Michigan team, a team that's, I think, been to a bowl game the last two years. Uh, it's a, a great early season test for us, and hopefully uh, get in there, get another good win, and then, uh, and then move ourselves into the Big Ten schedule. So I'm, I'm really pleased with what I've seen so far. I, I think it's, it's an exciting team. Uh, offensively, I think we've shown a lot of, of uh, character. We've got a lot of playmakers on the field now. Uh, really pleased with the way Brandon's come in and distributed the ball, the poise he's shown. Uh, and then defensively, I, I think we're, we're doing a lot of really good things. Uh, I mean, you look at the, the stat line from, from Saturday, and obviously we gave up maybe a few more yards in the passing game than we would have wanted to. But to hold a team to 10 rushing yards in the game, to have, what was it, 12 uh, tackles for a loss, five or six sacks on the game, I mean, that's it's a pretty good uh, defensive performance, and so I, I think there's a lot to be uh, to be excited about. The importance of a road win. I mean, I, your first year at Illinois as a player, I won't remind people. I don't think you did re real well in the road games, right? Bob, you just it you wasn't just the road. It wasn't the road games so much. It's all <laughs> games. It's all games. Okay, but remember when that team turned it in 1999, road games were critical. Talk about how it could be for this team as it was in 2007. I, I think that's right. I, I think that you, it comes with confidence. It comes with experience to be able to walk into somebody else's house and, and to be able to perform well in, in an adverse environment. It's hard to do, and it shows maturity. It shows confidence, and uh, and you got to get that first one. You got to get that proverbial monkey off your back. And for us to be able to go into Connecticut uh, and, and get that win, I think was hopefully a, a big moment for those guys and, and something that we can continue to build on because we know. As we hit the road in the Big Ten, the games aren't going to get any easier, the crowds aren't going to get any smaller, uh, and the stakes aren't going to get any lower. And so we, we've got to uh, continue to build on that and, and uh, think that we can. Got a question out here in the audience here at the Esquire. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, Josh. When you took over the program, I'm sure you had specific goals for the program as a whole and each sport individually. Where do you feel like you are at with those goals, and where do you want to see more progress? I, we did, certainly. I, I think that we came in, and, and I'll probably just talk more about the, the program uh, as a whole. I, I think that when I came on board, we circled this, this year, the 2019-2020 year, as, as the turning point year. I think we felt like, uh, as we surveyed the program, as we understood what some of our challenges were, uh, we saw that we had several years in front of us to, to build a foundation, to really engage in some heavy lifting whether it's facilities, whether it's staffing, budget, development, fundraising, uh, we, we knew we had uh, a pretty long pole in front of us. And 
that's why I think we've been so excited about this year for a very long time, is we felt like this was the year that we would have a lot of those things in place. One of the things that we've talked about since I came on board is that we've had success. We've all seen Illinois athletics go to the Rose Bowl. We've been in the Final Four. We've, we've been to the top of the mountain. The, the challenge that we've had historically is that we haven't been able to capitalize on those moments of success and really leverage them into increasing amounts of success or sustained success. And so this time around, we were very cognizant of, of the foundation that we were laying. We wanted to be sure that we were doing this in the right way, getting there uh, in an appropriate time frame so that when we have that kind of success, we're in a position to sustain it and even build on it. Uh, and so I, I think certainly uh, we would have liked, everybody would like to see more wins along the way. But this isn't, it's not a linear progression. You don't always go one step forward, two steps forward, three steps forward. You're going to take a couple steps forward, and then you're going to get knocked back a rung, and you've got to go forward a couple more and get knocked back. And uh, So it's a little more, um, uh, you know, kind of up and down than, than I think it's just the reality of college athletics. Um, but, but overall, incredibly pleased, proud of, of the progress we've made and, and looking forward to uh, what I think this year will hold. I guess maybe one thing that Illinois Athletics has done in your tenure is build and, like, actual build you know, buildings. I mean, they opened the new football facility um, last month. The soccer team, I think, is going to play on their new field on this weekend. Um, I guess, is basketball maybe the next big one that you know, might be happen you know, the soonest? I, I think that's right. Yeah, certainly as we've, as we've studied our facilities, uh, doing an expansion and renovation of the oven facility, we've talked about that publicly. Uh, is, is another priority for us. We've had, we just announced our first gift there, uh, thanks to Dennis and, and Kathy Swanson, million dollars from one of our former managers. Uh, and we've got several other gifts in the pipeline we're prepared to announce over the coming months. People, as you would expect, are, are very passionate about Illinois basketball, and, and we knew that would be the case. And so as we've gotten out and talked to people about that project, we found uh, people with very open minds excited to, to talk with us about the possibilities to help and uh, it's just a, it's a great project, and, and obviously will help uh, two of our most notable programs in men's and women's basketball. And uh, we're always humbled uh, by by that kind of support. Another question here in the audience, uh, <clears throat> Josh. I'm very pleased that we can now buy beer at Memorial Stadium and take it inside and watch the game with a cold beer. Will we similarly, those of us in the Legacy Club, now be able to take a beer into the State Farm Center and watch a basketball game? You will, absolutely. That was part of our, our plan uh, when we announced that in the spring was we'll, we'll be selling beer in the public concessions and obviously in the premium concession areas as well, uh, not just in Memorial Stadium but in our State Farm Center events also. Uh, right now we're not selling beer in Huff Hall uh, for a number of different reasons, but we will do it also at baseball and softball uh, in the spring. So it's, uh, it's, it's something that I, I think went well on Saturday. Uh, most of the accounts I've heard were positive. Uh, and uh, I think we'll, we'll certainly seek to learn uh, what, what we could do better from the first game, and hopefully you'll see even, uh, an even better experience for people in the stands come Saturday. I'll ask about the H word, hockey. <laughs> Sorry, t- we, we waited five minutes. So where are, you, where are you there? You talk about it a lot. We ask you about He's it a lot. He's been saving that question all day, Josh. <laughs> I've, I've been, I saw him at this morning. Let's ask Josh about it. I'm hockey. most excited to get that project started so people just stop asking me about it. <laughs> there you it's, go. Uh, it's been a great project for us, and there's not a lot new to report. Uh, again, once we have something new to, to talk about, we'll, we'll share it. Uh, it. The conversations continue, very positive direction. 
it, and I, I've said this many, many times. I, I can't underscore it enough. It's just an incredibly complicated, exciting possibility, the chance to bring uh, a, a new arena into downtown Champaign, literally just uh, steps from where we're sitting right now. Uh, but, it, but it has a lot of people around the table, a lot of different partners, uh, and you've got to be able to – to get all those agreements in the right place and to make sure the funding's where it, need, it needs to be. And uh, so we're, we're continuing in those, in those discussions. They continue to be positive. Uh, but as we've learned, it, it just takes time to, to take somebody from uh, the, the starting point to across the finish line on one of these uh, agreements is, is a tough process. And so to do that on a dozen different fronts with all the different stakeholders who have a, a role in that project is just a, a very time-intensive process. Josh Whitman with us. You've got another 10 or 12 minutes. Any uh, questions here in the audience at the Esquire? Raise your hand, and we'll get a microphone to you. Go ahead, Matt. Josh, what do you like during a game? How do you watch a football game uh, when you're there? How many different emotions do you go through in the course of a three-hour football game? Well, it depends on how the game's going. <laughs> um, I, I will say that uh, home games and road games are very different for me. I, I get a chance to to watch the game in person uh, to a much greater extent actually when we travel uh, than, than I do when we're at home. I, uh, I have a lot of different responsibilities during home football games. Uh, if, you, if you watch kind of what's happening off of the field, uh, you'll see me on the field at kickoff. I, I always try and be down on the field at kickoff. Usually we try and group our, our, our on-field recognitions, things that I may need to be involved in at the beginning of the game in the first quarter. Uh, and then usually mid to late first quarter, I'll transition off the field up into the press box. Uh, I'll go up and visit the athletic director's suite. We usually have 30 or 35 guests uh, up in the suite upstairs and uh, try and get around and say hello to people who are there. I'll be there during halftime most of the time because that's when people generally break off and come up out of the seats and, and have a chance to visit. Uh, if we have people up in the suites uh, who we haven't seen in a while, I'll try and get around and, and say hello and, and thank people for coming. Um, and then uh, fourth quarter, usually mid-fourth quarter. Sometimes by the, by the middle of third quarter, I try and, and be in a place where I can really watch the game, and whether that's in the suite or sometimes on the roof or different places, I, I move around depending on what's going on with the game and uh, who I want to talk to. Uh, and then uh, usually mid-fourth quarter, I'll make my way back down to the field. You usually see me down, uh, I guess it's the northeast corner, uh, there by the tunnel, I always uh, want to be there for the team, win or lose, when the when the final horn sounds, uh, and then I'll go with them up into the locker room. And so, it's uh, it, they're long days. You know, we have a lot of things that happen before the games as well. I didn't even get into that, um, but it's uh, you know obviously seven of the most uh, important Saturdays that we have here in Champaign. And so, look forward to those those opportunities and. Uh, a lot of emotions, a lot of, of uh, anxious energy before the game, and obviously a, uh, a lot that, that goes into to these final performances. And so, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a big, busy, emotional day just for me as it is everybody else involved with our, with our program. So you sleep well that night? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Actually, I, uh, I, I, I found that when I was a, a player, and this has continued as an administrator, as I – I always slept better the night before the game than I did the night after, uh, and that still is true. I, the night before the game, usually, as they say, the hay's in the barn and, and you're in a pretty good place, and then uh, once the game's over, then you find yourself replaying the game and thinking through things that happened during the day, and sometimes that, that keeps me up. So I'm, I'm often a, 
Uh, I'm watching those Pac-12 games uh, late, late Saturday nights uh, when, when I can't sleep. And then inevitably I fall asleep on the couch and wake up at 3 in the morning mad that I didn't go to bed five hours earlier. So it's uh, just uh, that's kind of what I do on Saturdays. Um, I think it's fair to say my wife and I are pretty avid volleyball fans. And Chris Thomas has asked about he'd like to see maybe 4,000 people in, in Huff. But there are so many seats in the general admission where you just plain can't see. Is there any chance that they could move the media table somewhere else? Because they took, for the first five or six rows right in the center of the general admission, you can't see over the media people. Steve, yeah. why did you give him the microphone? I was going to say, I, I, I'm sitting next to three people who may have a different vote on that particular topic. I'm sorry. Let me say, I don't care. Uh, I feel badly for the, you know, and a lot of people, they just plain have to stand. And I mean, this goes back to Mike Thomas, and it's just difficult to get that many people in there. If you can't see, you don't want to go back. It's a great point, and it, and it is a, a topic of conversation. Obviously, we've started this year without any changes, but I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if we take a fresh look at that facility heading into next year to see if there's a way we can make some of those upper level seats uh, a little more meaningful. We know that with some of the renovations we did four or five years ago, it, it did create some, some visibility issues. And so we, we do want to take a look and make sure uh, volleyball team is the best ticket in town right now. I hope a lot of you have had a chance to get in there and watch. And, and uh, you know, we want to be sure that that continues to be an exciting environment and one that, uh, that our fans want to continue to enjoy. Well, first, I'd like to say my seat at Huff, there's stairs behind me, so no fans are obstructed <laughs> by me. Let's put that good out point, there. Good point, good <laughs> point. Yeah. But uh, I guess while we're on topic of maybe other sports, uh, what's going to be the process for moving, say, volleyball, wrestling, uh, et cetera, into the weight room at Memorial Stadium now that the football team has vacated? And are you going to do anything to that space you know, with uh, the new programs coming in? Yeah, that's, that's probably a, a largely untold part of the story related to the new Smith Football Center is that all of our old football facility that has been historically located in the northeast tower of the stadium uh, is now vacated. Uh, and so we have a lot of square footage, including a big, beautiful weight room and including some office spaces. Uh, there's a lot of meeting rooms that are, that are now empty. Uh, and so we've got the opportunity to repurpose that space for the benefit of the rest of the athletic program. That's something we're really excited about. We've had a lot of meetings about that. Uh, so we're now just, just now starting the process. We've kind of shut that space down for the fall semester. Uh, and we're working through a deep cleaning process, painting, rebranding, all of that space. We've got some new staff that will move in there. And so eventually we'll have our sports med space will be in there, our strength conditioning, nutrition, academics. We'll have a satellite facility in there. Uh, we'll have equipment in there as well. And so it'll become really a hub for all of our student athletes. We'll have a really nice student athlete lounge space. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's going to cost a little money. It's going to take a little time. But over the next several years, we will incrementally make some improvements to that space once we get through this initial phase of deep cleaning. And, and really, it's been, it hasn't been empty in, in you know 30-plus years, 35 years. And so we want to take that moment while we have it to, to get it clean. Uh, I appreciate my family being so excited about my uh, my visit here, uh, but it's uh, it's uh, it's something that we're excited about. Illinois fans all over are thinking a lot about number 97, Bobby Roundtree. Um, what's the latest? Have you been in contact with he and his folks? And are there any plans down the road to maybe help uh, raise some funds for his recovery? It's a great question. Obviously, Bobby's never far from 
never far from our hearts, and uh, and he's in regular contact with our staff. I've been up to see him a few times myself. Uh, he is, hi, buddy. You're front and center. Um, he is uh, doing as well as can be expected. He's he's got a long road in front of him. Uh, I think he's he's very much in touch with our Illini family, our players, our coaches are communicating with him daily. Uh, I meet every morning, every Monday morning with Lovey. We talk about Bobby every time we're together. Uh, and so there's, there's I think, great opportunity there. He's got a great – and here's my daughter. Uh, he's, he's got a great support system here. You know, we're hoping to uh, get him back down here to campus as soon as possible. Uh, and we will be looking for some opportunities to generate some, some resources to help he and his family uh, here in the, in the relatively near future as well. Josh, I know every program is different, but is there a role model program athletically across the country? You kind of look at it. So I want to be like that for my wife. So one of those or maybe a couple. No, I, I think that you know there, there are lessons to be learned, good and bad, from, from every athletic program in the United States. And so we try and, and watch what other people do and, and pick different parts, uh, things that we like, things that we don't like. You know, I hesitate to say, well, that's the program that we sure. want to be. I, and we want to be Illinois. You know, I'm, I'm a very strong believer that, and some of you maybe heard me say this in, in different audiences, but I, we're not going to out Michigan, Michigan. We're not going to out Ohio State, Ohio State. I think we need to be the best Illinois we can be and have great confidence that when Illinois is the best it can be, we can be the best there is. Uh, and so certainly there are – we're not. We're always stealing ideas. We're, we're very rarely does anybody come up with original thought. But we're for trying to find the best thoughts from other places and bring them here to Champaign, and also learn from mistakes that other places make, and, and try and, uh, and and do it better than, than maybe we've seen done other other way, uh, other spots. So uh, it's a good question, but I, I don't know that there's one program I would circle and say we want to be that program. Gotcha. We want to be us. Uh, but in in learning how to be us, we're gonna we're gonna. Uh, steal a few ideas from other places. Your, your two young children are up here on stage with you, They're awesome, analyzing every word that you say. But how has being a dad changed uh, not only your life but how you view your job as well? It's um, it's pretty great. You know, I'm I'm going to get choked up just sitting here looking at them. They're um, <laughs> you know, the, it's they can it, take the microphone. It, if you it want. brings a lot of great uh, perspective, you know, and. The opportunity to, to come home after a big win or a tough loss and, and know that these guys and, and my wife are going to be there and have a smile on their face no matter what the outcome of the game was uh, means a lot. It's, it's really changed my entire approach to work, and to, be, to be honest. And, you know, the, the trip that I took last week, I left on Tuesday afternoon and I got back late Saturday night. And, and that's hard. You know, it's hard to be gone that many days and, and we, we've really focused now with my travel to try and one night trips two night trips you know the four and five nights four and five days I'll do that maybe three times a year now uh, whereas before I maybe would have done it you know once a month um, and so we try and, and break things up a little bit more and, and um, you know allow me to keep keep a little better balance uh, which is something that that is obviously um, really important to me and and uh, pretty excited to be able to have to, and I, I guess the last thing I, I would say is you know it's pretty great to be able to raise a family around this community and around our student athletes you know I, when I think about people that 
that I want these kids to, you know, they talk about a community raising a family, and, and for a community to be able to raise these two guys, uh, whether we're talking about the Champaign-Urbana community or the Fighting Illini community, uh, you know, it, it really means a lot. And, and for them to be able to role model, uh, our student athletes to be role models to them and for them to watch the way that they go about their work and the way that they chase goals and the way that they overcome adversity and uh, it, it really is exciting. And, um, and so it's, it's uh, definitely the highlight of my life uh, and it means a lot to have them here. It has been the highlight of the show. Perfect timing. We're just, a, we're just about out of time. But Josh Whitman, everybody, appreciate you taking time to come by and visit with us. And uh, hopefully uh, in the next uh, six or seven months, we can get you back in here a time or two. Thank well, you. We think these next six or seven months are going to be pretty great for the Fighting Illini. So we, we appreciate all the support. Thanks, everybody. And we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you real soon. That's going to take care of our first trip back this uh, academic year and uh, college football and basketball season. We appreciate your time. We'll be back again next Monday night right here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. For Matt, Scott, Bob, Ed Bond, I'm Steve Kelly. Thanks for joining us here. And have a good night, everybody. WDWS Champaign-Urbana. <laughs>